0: This is Donald Parham of the LA Chargers, and you're listening to Chargers
1: Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Hey, Jesus. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake, after a day, here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I could tell by Dan Wolkenstein's face right now. I'm not going to be able to properly finish this introduction. He is just frothing at the mouth to get out what he wants to say. But it is a victory Tuesday for the Chargers as the Chargers went on the road to New York and handled their business against the Jets. Whatever way you want to look at it, they came out of there with a very, very lopsided victory. Again, that's two weeks in a row, something that Charger fans are definitely not used to seeing in these past seasons, but Chargers went in and handled their business one way or another, not the conventional way that you may have expected the Chargers to do so, but they came out of there with a much-needed W and from a convincing area that maybe you didn't expect them to be coming because the Chargers' defense came to play last night. Dan Wolkenstein, I know you're just frothing to get in here. Come on, <laughs> let's have it.
0: <laughs> Vic? Tori Tuesday. I had victory brisket last night. Oh, damn. That was one of those like euphoric moments where I think Chargers fans were kind of pinching themselves. You know, we all have been trained to like just brace for the other shoe to drop. Because we've seen it a lot. and going into this game we all heard the narrative about chargers being unable to beat a plus 500 team we all heard the narrative about will the Chargers defense make zach wilson you know look incredible you know will Brees hall go off it's inevitable you know we heard that stories of the locker room being lost and the jacksonville effect and we heard about Folks not liking to play for Brandon Staley and in all of this noise outside. And what do the Chargers do? 27 to 6. And there was never a time where that Jets offense looked comfortable. The Jets offense did not score a touchdown. And the last 50 plus yards that Zach Wilson got was in garbage time when the defense was basically already sending it in. Chargers fans, like, you got to be pumped for this right now. Chargers, four and four, through all of the headwinds. And I got a bone to pick. I got so much to get off my chest today. But I'm not going to let that overshadow the excitement and the gratitude that I have that this Chargers team went out handled their business, got the job done, and did their job. That Jets defense is insane. And the NFL is so fortunate that Aaron Rodgers is not playing with that team right now. Other teams would be losing many more games going up against them. But that Jets defense is still for real, and he saw it. And Jester Herbert didn't have a great game. The offense didn't have a great game at all. One of his worst the- games. But the crazy part is Justin Herbert looked better in that game than any of the star quarterbacks going up against the Jets this year. Go look at the stats. Go watch. Higher QBR than all of them. Less interceptions than all of them. So say what you will about the offense, which we'll get to. That has to get fixed. But the defense. I told you, Jake, the day of, morning of, on am way to the gym, I said, Jake, Weirdly, I'm not concerned about the defense in this game. I'm concerned about the offense, which felt weird. Fast forward, eight sacks. Defensive line goes crazy. And Bolt fam, who is out in New York at MetLife, Chargers team felt you. Thousands of you. So take a bow Chargers defense take a bow, Darius Davis and special teams and Cameron Dicker and J.K. Scott. You got the job done, and now the season begins. You're four and four, thick in the playoff race. I'm tempering my emotions here, Jake. I'm trying to keep it even keel. I can tell, but there are so many things that I want to say. I'm not. I'm not going to go in it as far as I probably could. But this one felt good. And that was a dominant win. Won by three touchdowns. And as much as the offense struggled, quote unquote, against that defense, like that was a team win. That was a team win. Even that last drive. This is the last thing I'll say before we kind of get into the thick of it. That last drive, Chargers, I think it was like eight minutes long. They didn't get a touchdown, but that was an eight minute drive three points, that basically sealed it. Then Alohi, of course, gets a scoop and almost scores, but at that point, it was over. That was a buck-up moment, and you saw Keenan Allen with some ridiculous get. Like, we'll get to Keenan Allen, by the way. Take a bow, sir. Team victory. Complimentary football. Feels good. It feels good, and it feels like this team, Jake, is coming together. And they are progressing.
1: Let's get the low-hanging fruit out of the way. Yes, the Chargers over the last two weeks have played two of the more inept offenses in the league, in the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. One of the biggest narratives that the Chargers have had to find a way to get rid of It's And I hearken back to what Rex Ryan has loved to say about Brandon Staley this season, is that he calls Brandon Staley the equalizer. And Dan, you and I have talked about how defensively this Chargers team is able to make mediocre look great. See the Tennessee game and what Ryan Tannehill did in that game. One of the best games that he has had passing in years. And when Brandon Staley came out, after the Kansas city loss and said, this team needs to reset. Again, we didn't know that his beard was going to be included into that because he has been fresh shaven. The charges have been two and zero ever since, but there has been a different attitude defensively that mm-hmm. this team has played on. Now there's a lot that you can contribute to that. Joey Bosa being healthy. Number one, Dan, I said last week X factor in this game up against the jets that he was that he's def- wrong. Ready. He definitely led the charge. Alohi Gilman coming back to this team
0: 100% has
1: just brought in a different attitude to this secondary. I mean, talk about a guy who still even plays the free safety position, but is able to lay the wood like a strong safety back there. That's about probably the fourth big time hit that I have seen him deliver this season. And he is he is showing how valuable he is to the secondary. Derwin James playing like his hair was on fire last night. Having fun. When you were able to go three edges deep between Bosa, Mac, Tooley, and all three of them contribute for two sacks apiece, when your defensive line is able to contribute like that, you can take things away in the game and not have to have your secondary be pressured so much. These were things that the Chargers defense did not have early on in the season. And yes, I think that they were still, in a way, finding an identity for what they needed to do. And if you've read Daniel Popper's article in the last 24 hours, specifically with quotes about Eric Kendricks and other guys in that locker room, there's just been more of a camaraderie that has come together over the last two weeks. Now, again, I know we're talking about bottom-of-the-barrel teams as it stands right now, quarterbacks that are not contending, putting up performances like that. I get all that. Hold up, but but but
0: here's the thing, Jake. You have a phrase that says, like, I forget exactly, but you say we have a we have a tendency to make the mediocre look good, or whatever that phrase is, right? Yes. They made a bad offense look way worse than they actually are. That's my point. That's my point. This by the way, like in context, real quick, Jets offense so far this year going into this game against the Chargers, 18 points per game. 109 rushing yards per game. I've allowed three and a half sacks per game. 23% conversion on third down. And 4.8 yards per play. Chargers smoked all of those. Points per game, six last night. Eight sacks. Jake, 17% third down conversion this defense gave them. And just 3.5 yards per play. 84 yards rushing. Not only did they make a bad offense look bad, they made a bad offense look worse. And they brought down their averages. So miss me with the oh, they did what they're supposed to do. The charges they were going up against a mediocre. No, that wasn't this. Like, yes, they're mediocre, but they did their job and some.
1: And trust me, I'll get I'll get into the whole narrative aspect here in a little bit because that's something that still needs to change but in general dan how many times have we seen great quarterbacks not have a good game still come away with a win because of something else that their team did the last i checked quarterback still only plays one position out of 11 guys that are out there at any given time justin herbert Played statistically his worst game that he has he has played since he has been in the league. There's no doubt about that. But we knew that this offense was going to struggle against a legit, legit defense. Rashawn Slater, as we have been talked about, he's had some bad performances this year. The worst performance of his career. It's unfortunate that I have to say that. That's probably the second time that I've said it. But. That was the worst performance of Rashawn Slater's career that he has put up with the pressure that was getting to him and the pressure that Justin Herbert was under and the ability of that Jets defense to stifle a run defense that for the Chargers they've still been looking for. Justin Herbert was pressured all night long. His timing was off. It it was... And this is what had me in a little bit of a conundrum, and I think that this is what made a lot of people nervous about this game is the fact that, yes, the Jets... Only give up on average two touchdowns to opposing teams offensively throughout the entire year. They're able to stay in it. And when you're watching this game happen, obviously the Darius Davis punt return touchdown, you know, that gets everything started off really good. <laughs> oh, good. But when you're watching That's this good, offense though. still struggle, you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, eventually, eventually, this Jets offense is going to adjust. Eventually, the Chargers defense is going to be tired because the their offense just can't go out there and sustain a drive. They keep going three and out, three and out, three and out. For once, Justin Herbert did not have to be Superman. And these are the kind of wins that as a team you build off of. One week, Justin Herbert is going to lead several weeks. Justin Herbert is going to lead you to a victory. But there are going to be other times where the defense bails you out. Tom Brady's had these type of games. Patrick Mahomes had these type of games. All of the big name quarterbacks have all had these type of games where they have come out and won. This was one of those games as it relates to Justin Herbert. So everybody who came into this game expecting that Justin Herbert off of what he did in Chicago was going to all of a sudden light up the scoreboard. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you weren't paying attention and giving that Jets defense enough respect. Because they are just ridiculous in their secondary, in their front seven, in the middle. They have three layers of playmakers on that team. And it, and as Dan said, the NFL is lucky that Aaron Rodgers is not at the helm of this offense right now. Otherwise, that would be a playoff contender that could be at the top of the ranks as it stands right now. No question about it.
0: Real quick, though, I will say that does not absolve the offense.
1: No. No, I, and I I don't want I don't want to misconstrue that cuz that's definitely right, not right, what I'm I know, doing. And I know you're not, but a lot of
0: people say, "Oh, well, of course they're going to be that bad." Like they were going to not be as good as they should be, but they
1: should have been better than that. Correct. Which we'll get into. Yes. But defensively, Dan, I mm-hmm. don't think that I maybe even a lot of people expected a performance like that. I sure as held an eight sacks. I know it's a makeshift offensive line. What you held The Jets, too, without letting them score in the end zone, albeit some of it was self inflicted by the Jets. But to watch them play like that through four quarters of the game, that was something that you can build on. Now, obviously, are you going to have those type of results when you're going events again, better competition? No, you're probably not. Shout out to the
0: celebration
1: committee, by the way. (laughs) Like they had to go deep in their bag for that. that They're doing a good job. (laughs) But when you. When your team needed to find a way to win, I don't give a damn if it's on the arm of Justin Herbert. We've seen Justin do that plenty of times before. It was refreshing to see your defense and your special teams for a chance lead the way. Justin will be back. This is not like a game that people should be taking into account that, oh, he's regressing, or, oh, that was a bad performance, or, oh, the great ones show up against. No, the hell with that. It was refreshing to see the Chargers win in a different way. And now that is two weeks in a row where the defense has really carried the flag of this team and in games where they needed it. And yes, I, it, albeit whatever you want to say about the opponents, the Chargers don't make the schedule. OK, <laughs> and every team has a st- as, as a period of games like this that they all get to go through. Let's just call it the easy part of their schedule. Every team gets it. This was the Chargers. Things change, obviously, for this team in six days when they have to go up against Detroit.
0: And nobody,
1: Jake, nobody should be
0: saying, nobody should be saying that that Jets win was easy. Nobody should be saying that. But people are now saying it. People
1: are saying, oh, well, the Jets team isn't great. Come back to me when they beat a good team. Offensively. That they are, and I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that, Dan, because that's that's what I'm going to transition to a little bit later. But I wanted to just kind of finish that up and put that bow on it to say what you can take away from these two weeks. Obviously, is it flawless? No. Is it stuff that you can build on and gain momentum towards? Yes, 100. You can. So to have this team playing like this over the last two weeks, and to see the way that they've been doing it. And then you see these after after the game in the locker room celebrations. Oh, it was lit. It was lit. You know <laughs> that, that, that you could take that type of feeling and hopefully parlay that in the weeks to come because you're going to need it. And you have a much tougher opponent coming up in six days when you have to play Detroit. So that's where I'll stop right now, Dan. Obviously, I'll, I'll give it over to you. We can kind of get into the X and O's of this game, the specifics of it and then I'm going to come right back around with another <laughs> narrative, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, it is so disingenuous for anyone to now sit here on Tuesday and say, yeah, that was an easy win. Like, wait till they have to play a tough team. Go ask any team that played the Jets this week, or this year, and go ask the ones who won or lost. Ask them what was one of the toughest games they've ever played this year, and I I'm guarantee s- to you they go will play
1: the New York Jets. Go ask Philly. Go ask Buffalo. Go ask them if it was so easy.
0: And the Chargers look better against them than any of them. So, miss me with that stuff. Uh, But, enough of the... Let's talk about some game balls and some just incredible performances. Like, let's have some fun here. Big... Dicker, energy. (laughs) When is the last time you have seen a 55-yard field goal? And I believe that's two weeks in a row we saw a 50-plus-yard field goal go in from Cameron Dicker. And it was like a breeze. I'm sure every Chargers fan was nervous. I sure as hell was. And that was a big field goal at the end of the half. So it was. And nails. Cameron Dicker...
1: Whew. Put a statue up, goaded. And credit Take to the Chargers it. too. There was 28 seconds left before on the Jets defense. Yes, and the and the yes. way that you were playing, you could have easily just said, "Okay, let's sit on it. Let's go into into the halftime with the lead. That's fine." No, you and and you actually ended up making plays to get you in field goal range and 55 yards. By no, by no way is that easy. And it was right down the middle for Cameron Dicker. With with space to go. Like it it was it was probably good from 60 plus. Um
0: Darius Davis. We'll just stay on special teams here for a bit. I'm not kidding you, Jake. Every single time I see him field a punt with space, I immediately am like, oh, 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 could this and, and he's been close. He he alluded to it post-game where he said he's felt close a few times this season. Every time he fields a punt and it's not a fair catch. He can go back and score, and he did it on a kickoff return. Now he's on a punt return, and the p- crazy part of that punt return, Jake, was it didn't even look like there was space. And this had no—he had Initial. one cut, and he was gone.
1: He actually—he was actually on the radio afterwards. I was listening to him, and he said as soon as he put his foot in the ground, he felt someone's hand on his foot, <laughs> but like a it was almost instant reaction. He knew immediately that they weren't going to bring him down. And he said, right. in when he put his foot in the ground, he, he actually called it. He's like, all I saw was the red sea. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> it.' And he was gone. <laughs> so, I mean, that was
0: a game changing moment, a minute and a half into the game. We knew this was going to be tough. And we said we needed some easy touchdowns, quote unquote. You can get a touchdown without even having to touch the ball on offense. And you almost saw it on defense, by the way. Elohi Gilman was two yards from getting it happen, and he probably should have gotten a touchdown on defense. But special teams, complimentary, giving you points. Huge. J.K. Scott, honestly, I thought did well. He had hang time. He didn't really give them any chance to return anything. You'll take that. Cameron Dicker also kicked out of the end zone every touchback, or every kickoff. That's what you want to see. Don't give them a chance. They got a great returner as well. Didn't even have a chance keep this thing rolling jake offense keenan atlin so when you you needed to have it
1: when you needed to have it
0: that throw and catch and that catch specifically i literally jumped out of my seat when that happened i said he caught that and to watch it in slow motion is like poetry And how smooth he made that look, and it being what got him to ten k. To boot, so appropriate, so apropos. Like, hats off to Keenan. Ten thousand yards, second most in Chargers history. Given he's been injured a bit early on in his career, imagine what he'd have if he wasn't injured there. But he's been steady and consistent, Mister Charger. I hope to all things holy, that he retires a Charger. I don't know what the future holds, but we have to appreciate how great this guy is. And for that, Jake, Chargers win. There we we go. have a giveaway going on right now. Signed, Keenan Allen poster. Shout out to the old Powder Blues. Go to X for details with your chance to win it. We'll announce the winner At the start of the Detroit game, signed Keenan poster. Mister Ten K Slay, Gerald Everett. I thought had a big yards after catch. His bulldozing
1: twenty twenty three campaign. I freaking love continuing. I love it. It's like Gerald Everett. All of a sudden, saw Darius Davis, Quentin Johnston come in and say, "Okay, this is this needs to be yak because I know Keenan does it." These two guys are able to do it. I better get on the horse for this. And he's just been a wrecker. He was one guy who would bring him down this year. He has put up three or four plays where it's he's making the first guy miss or he is shaking that first guy off. And he is gaining another eight to 10 yards after what he's doing. Just bulldozing through people. Jake, you and I
0: talked about how this game was like a yak game. And I have some bones to pick with Kellen Moore and also with Justin Herbert a bit, but there were still glimpses of how that came to fruition. This Jets team misses tackles and the Chargers took advantage of that. Go to the Austin Eckler touchdown run that he had. Go to the early on run outside that he had. Both off missed tackles. Look at the Gerald Everett missed tackle that you saw. That's how this team went. The touchdown that Eckler had the first one Broke a tackle, and it just walked in. So the yards after catch stuff, love it. Je- Justin Herbert, I think, did a good job. Good. Like, I'd give him, like, a C-plus for that game, personally. Like, I think he... I think this Chargers coaching staff early on in that game, once it was 14 nothing, I think they realized, like, we don't really have to do anything. Like, don't give up a turnover. Don't give them field position. We can literally just run this thing out. At least this is what they felt. I don't agree with it, but you could absolutely tell that they were not firing all of the bullets, if you will. Now, different game next week, which we'll get to. But I think Justin Herbert managed and did what he needed to do. And once it was fourteen nothing, like this was a game where, like, I you didn't really need Justin to be Justin. And you saw, you saw a couple at the end, like that drive, we got the touchdown. Like that was where you needed Justin to be Justin. And he did it. Uh, but then on defense, Jake, I'll give you the keys here. <laughs> do you see what how happens many, how many, when you, how can... many guys, how many guys
1: like <laughs> this is what this defense can do when you play with a lead like that. And that's what's, spe- and again, for the fact that that lead did not come on the arm of Justin Herbert is what makes this really perplexing. But this is what your defense can do when you play with a lead. You can take risks. You can bring the house. You can bring blitzes more consistently. You can have that pass rushing package of Bosa, Thule, Fox, and Mack all in there more times than you normally would when you have plays like that. Secondary with Alohi Gilman first (laughs) causing a fumble on. in the the first quarter, Derwin James recovers. I think it was later in that, I think it was the series right after that, Dan, if I remember correctly, I could be actually flip-flopping the order, but he laid the wood over the middle with just an absolutely perfectly timed hit. And then, of course, at the end of the game, almost is able to (laughs) pick up a fumble and take it to the house. Alohi Gilman his is probably needs to get more praise than what he's getting right now. And obviously I know that he has spent a few of those games out, but just look at these last two games and look at, look at how much more of an attitude that this secondary has played with him in there. There is something different about him when he plays alongside Derwin James. And when these guys compliment one another, speaking of Derwin James, another guy who absolutely laid the wood and Good timing, by the way, because I'm sure some people were going like, "Okay, where's the flag?" <laughs> right after the hit, and it was nothing. And you could hear Derwin James from the broadcast just screaming after that hit. He knew it was good. He knew it was legal, and he knew what he knew what type of fire that would light under everybody. That got everybody fired up. What can you say about the defensive line? I mean, my God, Joey Bosa. <laughs> Joey Bosa, when he's healthy, this is the Joey Bosa that we've been looking for. And this is the pass rushing attack that we all expected when you added the duo between him and Mac. And now you 41 pressures, 41 pressures tied for top in the league with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I'm sorry. That's 41 pressures this game. I'm sorry. Uh, In sacks, Dan, sacks on the season is tied for first with the Baltimore Ravens. Who is, it? and this Chargers team is 500 and four you You're probably wondering yourself, how the hell is this possible? You had to get over some bumps in the road, obviously. Joey Bosa back and healthy on his second sack of the, I, yeah, second sack of the night. Or I can't remember if it's first or, first or second. I think four, the where first one was the strip bubble. Okay, so he drew, the second one is where he dragged Wilson down from his jersey and essentially just took the offensive lineman that was with blocking him. him with him down to the ground was great. Thule get in there. Tulley almost had three. If he didn't overpursue, Mack almost had an additional one. Fortunately for unfortunately for him, Wilson was able to juke him and get outside the pressure. You could have almost had 10 sacks. Ten, totally. I mean, the pressure was coming on Zach Wilson. And there was not much that Zach Wilson can do. There, the coverage was good downfield. You were just able to disrupt the timing the entire game. Garrett Wilson, who I thought, based off of what we had seen the Chargers give up to previous number one wide receivers, I felt like he was going to have a better game. That didn't happen. You took Brees Hall out of this game very, very early when you started getting up to that high of a lead. That is the things that your defense can change for four quarters when you play like that. Let's let's do these
0: pressure numbers, Jake. Khalil Mack,
1: nine pressures,
0: two lead. Seven pressures. Joey Bosa, six pressures, Morgan Fox, five pressures. Atito, hello, four pressures.
1: That was good to see.
0: SJD, three pressures. Chris Rump, two pressures. Nick Williams, two pressures. They got pressures from Austin Johnson, Dean Marlowe, and Eric Hendricks. 41 pressures. It's pretty good. And, and if we're and honestly, if we're gonna talk about the interior guys. Like, I think we got to add Kenneth Murray into that. Kenneth Murray had a job to do. There was a lot of underneath stuff. I think he was second on the team in tackles. Kenneth, Kenneth Murray was up there with all of the guys in green to blue numbers.
1: If it was over the middle, there wasn't any additional yak to be had because once those receivers caught it, they were getting hit.
0: It's pretty remarkable to me, Jake. Like I, I'm looking at PFF right now, and they have like the the, the PFF grades, and they kind of go color coded. You know, blue is like elite. Then you got gradient from green all the way down to like dark red. And I'm seeing 15 deep Chargers players that have green colored defensive grades or higher. Wow, 15. That is a team defense and shout out to DA and the celebration committee. I think you and I, and probably fans can understand like the pressure, right? And what it's like being on a team that is underperforming and you're letting yourself and your teammates and the fans down and you are hearing all the noise. Like I, that's a lot and that can drag you down. And I think to some extent it kind of did to this team and the coaching staff, I think knew it. And you got to give credit to Derek Ansley or whoever him and whoever else came up with the idea, but to understand and to kind of get it back to what this game is. And it is a game that should be played while having fun. And there is something to be said about momentum and fun. I have not, and I'm, I am genuinely am trying to pull up another game in memory that I can't think of. Maybe that Ravens playoff game a few years back, 2018. I can't think of a defensive performance that has gotten this many guys excited and celebrating. Even like the Miami game last year, like it was a great game, but that was not this. And to see some of the celebrations, like the, the take flight celebration you saw, whatever the hell Joey Bosa was doing, like a gorilla, I think he was doing. You saw Tooley and Joey exchanging each other's celebrations at some. That That is what camaraderie looks like. And if that is a sign of what we're going to see, That is crazy. Like, that was so fun. And as a Chargers fan, you mentioned it. as a Chargers fan, like you're so used to seeing before going into the season, like Herbert having to carry this team. And if Herbert doesn't play perfect, the team loses. And this season, far from true. This season, Justin Herbert has not played perfect. Largely, he's been very good. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating Justin Herbert, but. Like, this defense has stepped up. And the thing that I will say, it's not, again, we're not all roses here. People want to say, they want to discredit the Chargers defense and the the win and say, oh, you know, there was a bad team. They did what they are supposed to do. Like, why should you be impressed? Okay, well, Chargers defense did what they are supposed to do. And that's two games in a row. They did what they are supposed to do. And I would argue, if you go look at it, I have it on my handle. Like, I have a whole week over week all of the PFF grades, offense and defense, side by side. Defense, trending in the right direction, largely the entire season. Offense, trending the wrong direction, largely the entire season. Say what you will. Say that the Chargers defense did their job. Like, Then what do you say about the offense? Did they? If you're going to discredit the Chargers defense for that, then what are you going to say about the offense? Right now, no hyperbole. of defense is carrying this team. And that has to feel it. I mean, hell, it feels weird for me. Feels weird for me. Defensive line going crazy. Please stay healthy. Linebacking core looking good. Secondary, adios, JC Jackson. Look what happens. Those guys are gelling. That post-game celebration, like, locker room insight was hilarious. Jake, you had sent me, like, the one where they're all, you know, rocking out, and Alohi Gilman, honestly, was my
1: favorite. He was
0: so but he... <laughs> he was a vibe. He was a vibe. Yeah, he the helmet just
1: arms up. He's, arms up. He's the only one with his helmet on. <laughs> it was so, it good. was so good.
0: It was so good.
1: Those are
0: season-changing momentum building Defining games. They couldn't go to three and five. I should say that. If they went to three and five, they had to beat Detroit. Now, with that fourth game already in hand, I said two weeks ago, four and five, let's ride. If we can get to four and five, that meant you beat Chicago and then win one of these two already in the bag. Get to five and four? We're cooking. So, Jake. This this is a question for you. I got to ask. Generally, until this season, which I would say I'm probably more, I've been on your side probably more so than normal. Pessimist on your side, optimist on my side. I think both of us have been somewhat pessimistic or frustrated at times, but generally speaking, that's what this is. Snap the line. Charges are four and four. In your opinion or maybe I didn't even say your opinion. What is your temperature of this Chargers team and how you feel about them at this point? Like, what are they? How do you feel about this team, given all that's gone on so far? And what's ahead of them?
1: This is perfect, Dan. This is a great transition into the narrative that I said I was going to swing back around on. Um, So I'll start with me. I'm warming up. I'm warming up and it's, it's not from the standpoint of the chargers are, you know, back to 500. They beat Chicago and they beat the jets. It's how they're doing it. It's the intangibles in which you see that they're doing it. It doesn't have to be on the arm of Justin Herbert. These last two games, I don't care that Justin Herbert threw for his career low and didn't have any touchdowns. Does it need to be fixed? Sure. Is that probably going to happen again? Not likely. I'm not worried about that because I know the commitment that Justin Herbert has to this team. You saw what he did last week at Chicago. 15 straight completions. That was a get-right game for him. I'm not worried about it. Justin Herbert's going to be just fine. But there are some things offensively that you need to clean up. And in a roundabout sort of way, even in a performance like that, hopefully you take that and know exactly what it is that you need to correct when you go into Detroit. Here's my narrative, Dan. And I bring this up because I've seen a lot of this on Twitter this morning. And I have said this plenty of times this season. And I think it's a realization that the people of this fan base need to come to understand. And I want them to try to understand this so that it doesn't come as a shock to them or it doesn't come as something that I even believe that they even need to engage with. The mainstream media, whoever it is that you fancy to watch on ESPN, NFL Network, FS1, whatever it is, and excuse my language here, but I feel like I need to be blunt. The mainstream media does not give a shit about the Los Angeles Chargers. Why is that? We talk about this narrative that the Chargers have, in a way, self created about themselves. Sure. The Catch phrases that the media likes to use Chargers are going to charge her, this, that, and the other. The Chargers have to find a way to change that narrative. And, it, and whether it's a win over a quality opponent or a playoff run, whatever it is, with Justin Herbert at the helm, with Brandon Staley at the helm, whatever it is. They need to figure out how to change that narrative. But do not listen and don't engage with anybody from the mainstream media right now. Or opposing because, bases. Because I can recall that yesterday before the game, there was plenty of people that were picking the New York Jets to win that game. And now that they got trounced, it's back to the old rhetoric. Oh, Zach Wilson's not this this offense doesn't have that, and it's and, that, and it's more of they're bad, but let's go ahead and throw strays at why Justin Herbert is terrible because he went up against one of the def- best defenses in the league. The narrative that is spun in that, if I was Brandon Staley, I would take the film from every single one of those media things and say, what is it that all of these things have in common? What is it that are missing? Not one of them gave props to the Chargers winning that game and how they did it and how they did it. But the other teams, they sure as hell will because the media doesn't want to put stock in the Chargers because they are expecting the Chargers to fall flat on their face. Now, I myself have been critical of the Chargers and in some certain situations, I could even think the exact same way. We understand this team. There's a fear that we have internally as a fan base to where something's going to happen. I'm simply talking about today, what you see, and how you build off of it. It's sad world. Do not engage with them. Because if the Chargers can somehow get on a winning streak, they'll flip. Oh, Jake, you're speaking, you're speaking my language. I like this, Jake. Where have you been?
0: This is fantastic. It's only
1: collectively that I had to listen to it, and it was all within an hour or two of one another. I hear ESPN, it on FS1. NFL Network first. Yep. I hear it on ESPN an hour later. And I'm just like, what What game are you are you watching? Because you love to give flowers to anybody else. Anybody else. Go back and watch to... go back and watch the Jalen Hurts narrative after they play the Jets. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yes, Jalen Jalen Hurts got criticized in that game, but not nearly to the degree but, that just R- and it. the Eagles got a lot of praise. I love the fact that there's a certain FS1 announcer that chooses not to bring up one of the final throws of the Miami Kansas City game. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Just don't listen to it. Don't engage with it we all know collectively what our mindset is with this team whether it's positive or negative just don't do it because as of this moment right now the media couldn't give two shits so Jake. bite your tongue god i love you and okay. let's just see where this road takes us
0: this is like a you know you've had some proud moments like some proud father moments of some things that i've had to kind of i just into. had enough of it this no well, i mean i, I just, love
1: no this is fantastic i would like Save this. Cut it up. Put it in my Look. headphones every time I need a big workout at the gym. I'm not saying critis- criticism is not warranted for this offense because definitely there was mistakes made. And yes, I would expect media outlets to criticize Justin Herbert and this offense. Sure. But to go to that level with it, I, I I I couldn't believe it. And the fact that it was more than one show over, doing the exact same things like, are oh, we just? Are we just doing cliff notes of what the previous show did? Okay, great. Let's run with that narrative. Command uh, you V, command V. I'm. This is the one thing that I do know. Like I said, media doesn't give a shit about the Chargers, but they also know that they're one of the easiest fan bases to gaslight, to and trigger, get under, sure. and troll because they've done it for years.
0: Shout out to the fans. I put fans in quotes. Shout out to the fans who have only hated on this team and only provide criticism and negativity and slander and toxic rhetoric to the team, to the fans. Shout out to all of them who, when the team does well, all they got to do is say, glad I was wrong, and they're right back on board. Shout out to you. It takes a special fan, quote unquote, to hate on a team. Criticism is one thing. Hate and negativity and only hate and negativity is another. It takes a special fan to only do that and then also celebrate when they win. <laughs> Damn, it's a coping forget- mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. but. While I say shout out to them, honestly, I give way more of a shout out to the fans who have stuck with the team, not to ignore the issues, because that is not at all what I'm saying or what we have done this season. I think we've been pretty damn blunt with this team. But it is so much more gratifying to be a fan of a team when you are invested in wanting this team to do well and to perform well and provide criticism and praise and hope and worry, all of those things. Like that's what, that's what it's about. Those are the guys and gals, kids that I want to give shout out to as well, because games like this one makes all of that so much sweeter. It is so much more gratifying. And while I'm sitting there watching this one, like, you know, I've talked about last week, how the bears game, you know, I was just relieved
1: after that one. This after what the chargers had come off of. Yes. After the, the Cowboys and the Kansas city game. Yes. You, you should have felt relief after that.
0: This one felt damn good. Jake. Like you said, it's not just that they won, which we said, I don't care how you win any means necessary. 2-0. 2-0. I'll take it. It's how you won. but It's how they won. And to win physically. When's the last time we've seen this Chargers defense win the physicality battle against an opposing offense? That's two weeks in a row. And say what you will about the talent. That's not physical.
1: Physicality and talent are different things. They haven't played that way. That's That's the difference. Damn! before you get away with it, because you're talking about the fan base, and I was talking about how much the media loves trolling this. Just look back four weeks ago at the Cowboys game. (laughs) The media literally thought that a fan was an AI or was a (laughs) plant or was an actor. They can't even legitimize a Chargers fan base. That's how much they don't care about this team and this fan base. Think about that. Brutal. And you know what?
0: Like a part of me just wants to say F them. Like, if you're not with this team, you're against them. And there are a lot of so-called fans and pundits and critics and everyone who, you know, they call themselves fans and supporters of this team. But their actions say a very different story. F F them. This team has gone through a gauntlet this season. And again, only 4-4. and They could go downhill from here. These past two weeks have shown me more about this team than arguably any two-game stretch that we've seen in Brandon Staley's tenure. I think this one in particular, like, you know, go back to last year, you know, the games against Miami, and you saw like against the Colts and the Rams, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, those were big, those are big games. And that was like taking it to them, and they were getting to the playoff hunt, like all of that stuff. Like a season defining, they were they had just lost to the, I think it was the the Niners and the Chiefs back to back. Like it was brutal. And they overcame adversity. But the outside noise and the pressure and the acknowledgement from this team and seeing the coaching staff and the front office acknowledge, apologize, make transactions, get rid of JC Jackson, go through the, the truth Mondays and all the kind of stuff. Like you're seeing this team take action. And then you're seeing the fruits of that. And again, we've said all season that regardless one way or another, this season is going to be a monumental season for this franchise. Positive or negative. Positive, Chargers go on a playoff run, they win a game, you're golden. Negative, wholesale changes. Negative meaning don't make the playoffs, don't win a playoff game. In my opinion, I think that ends up being wholesale changes. And in the face of that fork in the road, this Chargers team has responded. That's probably what I'm most proud of them for is how they responded. Not just that they did respond, but how they responded.
1: Just think of it like this. Even if even if both scenarios were two wins over the last two weeks, would you have been more convinced that they won them in the fashion that they did? Or if they came down to last second plays as they had been accustomed to for the majority of this first season? You tell exactly. me which one you would take. That's what everyone more. was predicting, too. I was one of them. That, now and that, and that was like same old Chargers. They're going to make
0: this thing close, blah, blah, blah. That's not what we saw. And I'm actually, I'll give a lot of Chargers fans credit. Like, there were a lot of Chargers fans. I had put people on the spot yesterday. I said, what would this team need to do in order to change your mind? And a lot of the responses were, I'm paraphrasing. Just win. (laughs) He was either just win or score a touchdown in the second half or win by more than two touchdowns or blow them out or, you know, all of these things. And the Chargers went out and did it. No, they didn't do everything. The offense left some things to be desired. And Jake, I think we should get to it. I know we're going long here, but it's okay. I really hope that Kellen Moore and Justin can get on the same page of understanding what they're going up against and adjusting to it. And he saw glimpses of it in the Bears game, but in this Jets game, you know Austin Eckler had some really bad drops mm-hmm. in this game, and I think this would look a little different if we didn't see those drops. But still, there were a lot of plays left out there. Where what can you expect going up against this Jets defensive line and these five, seven-step drops, mass protect like that's not what beats this team. No. And no. so that, that's the stuff that like, it bothers me. Not that it, they needed it in that game. Cause I didn't need it in that game, but in future games, you can't have that because opposing offenses are better than what the jets are. If you do that same thing against the, against the, the lions, you're going to pay for it. And they have a competent offense, a pretty good offense, to be honest. I think the Chargers offense left some bullets in the gun. I really do. But even the bullets that they did shoot. Oftentimes seemed like the wrong ones. So that's kind of my one major disappointment is they could have made this easier for themselves on offense. Like if you're, if you're going to go, you know, three and out, you're going to have all these punts, like at least do it in a way that gives yourself a chance, but like, you know, targeting sauce Gardner
1: when it's Jalen Guyton or even Quinton for some of these times. Like, what are you expecting? I mean, to the Jets credit, they moved their secondary pieces around more than I thought totally. they were. And again, I they're agree. three deep as it relates to great corners with Gardner, with Reed. I mean, they're legit. I think more of my gripe with it, with the Dan was outside of the drops. Obviously Austin Eckler having his Donald Parham at a drop on what a been a first down conversion is that I felt that it took so long for this offense to get the idea. It's like, okay, the running game's not working on top of that. Joshua Kelly deserves more touches in this offense, but the running game is not working even in the, but you have to figure out a way to get your guys into space. Austin Eckler run being one of those. I didn't see the screen game much in this one, which was really weird considering how well it worked. In the Chicago game, and that Austin Eckler had only had six catches leading up to that game, you got to find some ways to get your guys in space. Now, let's not forget, you're playing without your number two and your number three wide receivers. Justin Herbert can still do this and move an offense if obviously the game plan is laid out correctly and the players execute properly. I actually liked the idea of them going deep to Quentin Johnston early in the game. I enjoyed that. I know it was incomplete. Sauce Gardner was on him stride for stride and said, no way is that happening. Jalen Guyton didn't get a chance to get involved. But you got to, it's, and this is what I was talking about a little bit, Dan, where in certain situations, whether it's at halftime, kind of like it was with Chicago, is that this team needs to be ready for the counterpunch and this is again a, a a testament to how good the Jets defense is is that they are just that good that no matter what it is that you throw at them more times than not they are going to be able to stop you kellen moore needs to be ready with the counterpunch to that to say if two or three series is failing by doing this and even arguably the same thing that you just did on the last series let's flip it let's flip it and as we got to that eight uh that eight minute drive that you were talking about, Dan, that bled from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. I felt like that was finally it because the pressure was coming at Justin Herbert. But there were times when Justin Herbert was holding onto that ball way too long. And then all of a sudden it became three strip drop. Let's get the ball out. Let's get the ball out. And on that drive you converted four third down plays and you were able to move down the field in order to get yourself in a position to put more points on the board. But it just felt like mm, it really took us that long to figure that one out. And the Chargers, specifically Kellen Moore, and obviously the players executing this, they have to be quicker at that. You are not going to be fortunate enough to have your defense give you that much of a cushion. Probably for a majority of this season. Your cushion at best may be seven points. And when your defense gives you opportunities like that, whether it's a stop, whether it's a turnover. This offense should be more than capable with Justin Herbert at the helm to go out and take advantage of it. Now, again, (laughs) I say, I preface this by saying that's how good the Jets defense is for how long they were able to stymie Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. But moving forward, you got to be able to be more creative and execute better than that if it's going to be a difference between winning and losing and making the playoffs or not.
0: Yeah. And moving forward is what we will do as the Chargers now, as you turn the page, are going up against a very formidable New York Jets team. I think they're what? Six and two? I think they're six and two. Sorry, Detroit Lions. Sorry, Detroit Lions team. Sorry. Six and two Detroit Lions team. It's going to be a tough one. We're going to get into all of that. But savor this win. Feel good about this win. Feel good about the adversity that has been overcome and the fact that you get a victory brisket Tuesday. I had it on Monday,
1: but you get a Tuesday. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to get off your chest? I said my piece, I I was I was possibly saving that for the Detroit game because I felt like that narrative was going to bleed into it and not proving something until X happens. But you know what? I just saw enough of it this morning. I just needed to get that one out. So apologies if I had my soapbox moment and I loved it for anything that I did said, but that's how I feel. And and truth be told, that is. That is the sentiment of the national media when it comes to viewing this team.
0: The thing is Jake, and I hope one of our goals, you and me, I'm going to speak for you for a second, but one of our goals charges fans is to give you our honest feelings and to be authentic and transparent, good or bad. And what Jake says, what I say, both of us have talked about this ahead of time. Like what we say here, we stand on. And. That's one of the things I'm most proud of, of this show. What we've done together is we stand on all of it. And for that, Jake, whatever, don't, don't cry or anything, but <laughs> thank you for, no, seriously, but just like, thank you for being you. Cause there's a lot of other guys out there doing things where it's not that. And it's very helter skelter, very just not that. Uh, but. I think that'll do it. I feel great about this win. Like I didn't sleep great last night, but that's a good thing because I was so excited about this and I'm just scrolling through things and uh, I did not watch a lick of national media after that game. Don't do it. Since then. And I've given your feedback. I'm just not going to. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Oh, man. But again, if you guys are wanting a Keenan Allen signed poster, go to our Handle at LAC underscore unleashed. Enter for your chance to win. Uh, otherwise, for Jake Hafner, Dan Wolkenstein, your Chargers are four and four. Beat the New York Jets on primetime Monday Night Football. Next up, Detroit Lions. Until then, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you guys here in a few days as we go over the Lions preview. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you in the next Chargers Unleashed.